1: A new study has shown just a handful of genetic changes are what turned wild cats into domestic pets. And many of these changes are linked to genes that affect how their brains process rewards and pleasure. In other words, humans won over cats by appealing to their desire for kitty treats and stroking. Over time those that responded best to this nurturing were more likely to be bred by humans leading to the increasingly docile domestic pets we know and love today. I spoke to some cat lovers but before that I caught up with one of the researchers Bronwyn Aiken from the Wellcome Trust's Genome Campus.
0: When it comes to cats living with humans the first archaeological evidence we have is coming from about nine and a half thousand years ago actually though for a long time those cats weren't actively domesticated necessarily but they would have been very useful to humans as vermin control to kill rats and mice but still domestication of cats is quite a recent phenomenon for us and I think any cat owner will be able to tell you that we kind of think of cats as being only semi-domesticated. That's something that's quite interesting about cats as a pet, is that you still don't have total control over them a lot of the time.
1: This paper's looked specifically at the domestication of cats, or the semi-domestication of
0: cats. What has it found? A number of things, actually. When we're looking at domestic cats and wild cats, we managed to find some regions in the cat genome that are under selection in domestic cats, which means that these regions are likely to be important in dividing what's different between domesticated cats and wild cats. And there were 13 genes that we were particularly interested in, and these genes seem to be related to memory, fear conditioning and reward stimulus learning.
1: The change then from feral to a friendly felix had to do with specific genes that code for memory, fear and kitty treats. This evolution of tameness is why they make such great pets. I'm Georgia. I'm Lexi. And who have we got here? Tabitha, Tabitha. our cat. What do you like about Tabitha? She guards
0: our door and sometimes she pounces on our toes. When we say tuna, tuna, tuna.
1: She comes running over. Yeah, that's her favourite word. In other words, Tabitha has remembered from past experiences where and when she'll be fed. But given our moggies are only semi-domesticated, it's surprising that there's any DNA evidence for it. So how did they track down these elusive genes?
0: We think there's probably around 20,000 protein coding genes in most mammalian genomes and uh, lots more other genes that don't code for proteins. The way most genome projects would start would be by taking an individual cat, in this case a cat called Cinnamon, and taking a DNA sample from her and sequencing that. And what you would end up with is a genome. And it's a bit like a blank sheet of white paper. And what you want to do now is start mapping out a map onto that paper. If you want to map The United Kingdom, for example, you first want to work out where all the counties are and from that where the cities are and what's important about each city. So... What we've done is we've been able to find at least five regions which are interesting. Those would be like five counties that are interesting. Within there, we're trying to find the genes, which might be the cities, if you're thinking of that analogy, that are interesting. And what do those genes do? What's important about them? So if you think of Cambridge, Cambridge is important for its university and its cycling. And once we understand what those genes do, we can make inferences based on what we know about those genes in human or other species, about the role they might be playing in cats. Why do you think these would have been selectively bred in cats? I don't know if humans would necessarily have specifically tried to breed those traits in, or if they, they just came along as part of the ride of domestication. But obviously having, having a cat who's less fearful of humans or that enjoys being stroked, for example, would make it a better companion. So you could make an assumption that those traits are linked to domestication. When we compare domestication of cats compared to domestication that we've looked at in other species, there are a lot of similarities between how we think domestication has happened. We took part in another study earlier on this year, which was looking at domestication of rabbits. And uh, we found in that, compared to cats was that a lot of changes in the genome that we think are due to domestication were actually lying outside of the genes in what you might call the non-coding part of the genome. And that might be a surprise because you'd think, well, what do those parts of the genome do if they're not related to genes? And we think that those may be related to the regions of the genome that switch the genes on and off and help to determine how much a gene is switched on or off. Mm. So it's about regulating the genes um, instead of the actual genes themselves. That seems surprising. Yes, and it's a very interesting discovery, but that's something that we can look into in more detail in the future. A lot of diseases are linked to regions outside of the protein coding part of the genome, and we know that a lot of what makes us individuals comes from those parts of the genome, so they're also really interesting to study. So will this sort of study help enable look at also the diseases in cats in the future then? Well, I think as with a lot of genome papers, what we've got with the cat genome paper now is really a foundation of data and information. And we've also been able to identify a few key regions on the genome as good starting points for further research.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen